Ladies and gentlemen, in the bag, episode numero six. We are back. How we doing? Come on, Brad. How are you doing this lovely day? It's doing good, man. Um, just catching up with you a little bit before we started recording, and you know, it feels good. I can say that the bag is no longer only exclusively discraft. I've moved some of these options into the bag, tried out some new ones per the uh, advice we've been talking about on the podcast. So feels good. Uh, stores staying busy. We got some secret things in the works here at Foundation. So uh, talk to you about those uh, things in a couple of weeks. But been busy over here hiring some new people for the retail store and warehouse. But how about you, Robbie? How's stuff going on in your neck of the woods? Hey, it is going. I mean, speaking of new, for those of you who are tuned into the uh, the YouTube version, you're going to see the look is a wee bit different here. Uh, and I think this fully settles the debate that the comments have been trying to get us to go for weeks now, which is who has the better beard. Brad unanimously has the better beard now, so I am That's I'm true. happy to bow it out. Feels good. Paul. So uh, it's yeah, no, it's fantastic on this end. We uh, it's been a beautiful set of weather. We're like. I don't like those weeks where you get no rain for, it feels like it's, it hasn't rained forever. So you just know there's like a long, long stretch coming of rain. Yep. So I kind of like enjoy those little brief summer showers that randomly pop up. So we had one of those yesterday, which means that we're due for like a pretty good set of weather for the next couple of days and yep. maybe a week. We'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, so yeah, interesting episode we have for you all today. Um, Robbie had me try out not two different molds, but just the same mold and two different types of plastic uh, to fit our guest uh, Michael today. So let's jump in, Rob. Let's get Michael on and let's start talking about his back. time. Michael West, we got him in the house. Michael, how are you doing today, sir? Uh, I'm doing great. Doing great. You are rocking that foundation hat. We got a member of the Foundation Nation in the house. Foundation Nation. Um, so we appreciate all of you who are listening to this podcast. And Michael, we are super stoked to have you join us today. Uh, we want to ask a few foundational questions to get to know you, get to know your game. So let's dive into the first, which is, uh, I, I initially started asking this. I think I stopped. How long have you been playing disc golf, Michael? So I've, I've had discs for about 10 years. Um, but I've only been really playing since last September. Like I, yeah, I've, I've thrown like a you know a round or two every every now and then. I actually dug up some videos the other day from my kids and I like six years ago um, when we played and they were really little. So I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I've been playing that long. But yeah, I, I just seriously got into it last September. Um, you know, got the bug and oh my gosh, I spent too much money on on discs and uh, stuff from then <laughs> so hey, I hear whatever that, that is seven months that. eight months yeah yeah it's crazy you look down and you're like oh i have 12 discs and disc golf is cheap and then you're like oh i have 200 <laughs> discs disc golf still cheap uh yeah you know, and i'm sure it's even harder exactly. like Brad, working at a disc golf warehouse struggles real right uh, yeah it's a problem i thought i had a problem before i had no idea yeah now i get to see all of them every i can't imagine <laughs> Well, okay, so we've been playing seriously for uh, several months now, and yep. let's dive into the, the particulars. How far is your backhand distance, like control distance, and how far are you looking for forehand distance? So my backhand, typically, you know, on um, average throw is probably 270 to 300, um, you know, if I, uh, if I get it. I can get over 300 if I, um, sometimes, but r rarely. Um, my forehand, uh, 
it's pretty trash actually. So maybe you know 150, more of a utility play than it is you know me doing anything serious with it. Um, I've been working on. I got a little course here in my yard though, so I've uh, I've been trying to get a little nine hole course, and I've only been doing four hands. So the max hole is like 350. Um, yeah. And so you know, just trying to get better at it, but it's it's pretty garbage. Um, so <laughs> so about 150 is my max. That that is okay, and that is I when I try to get people to throw forehands, that is the easiest way that I learned how to throw forehand was exactly that. Like when I learned, hey, I'm gonna start throwing forehands. I stepped up and I just started playing forehand only rounds, and it was it's wild yeah. how much faster you get that forehand down when you can't throw anything else but it. So I very much encourage that. Before we jumped on, you said that you went out and you got actual numbers for this. So I just, I yeah. love that our guests, Brad, <laughs> are realizing that we're going to ask these questions and now we're getting mm -hmm. live data. So Brad, or Michael, uh, Brad, I, I'd be curious one day, Brad, we should do this before next week's episode. Why don't we go out like and do it ourselves? Okay. Uh, I'm so, in. Let's game time. Uh, but Michael, yeah. you went out and you putted 10 putts from 15 feet, 10 from 25, and 10 from 40 feet. How'd it go for you? So I got uh, 7 from 10, which is probably average. 7 to 8 is probably what I'm, or from 15, sorry. Probably what I'm making. Um, 25, I'm usually hitting 3, and that's what, I, that's what I hit. And then from 40, I actually made 2, which kind of surprised me, but uh, 2 is, you know, uh, it's probably right in there. One or two is all, all I'm going to make from there. So, okay. Were they were they early on in the like the ten throws, or was it like you started getting it dialed and like the last two went in? Because I was curious so, about that. So, uh, so I, I threw three discs. Uh, one for three on the first. Uh, then I went zero for six. And since I had three, I only had one shot at the end, right? So I made that bad boy at the end to hit two. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, I mean, we, we call that clutch. So way to go, yeah. Michael. Yeah, Sounds like so. you're a clutch fighter. I love it. What is the strength of your game, would you say? Um, I think so far it's, it's been upshots for sure. Um, I'd say, you know, when I, when I say upshot, that's for me, that's within 150. Um, yeah. you know, I got my Berg and that's, I love that thing. And, uh, that gets me, gets me near the basket a lot of the time. Um, and I would say I have a natural Anheuser throw. So, um, anything with like, uh, um, you know, a flex line, I'm actually reasonably good at, cause that's just how most the disc comes out of my hand most of the time. So, um, I've always got a little, little fade on the end and it starts off in Anheuser. So I'm pretty, re pretty good at those. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Well, your, your Berg, let's, we're going to dive. We'll just jump right into it. How's that sound? Brad, have you thrown a Berg yet? Sure. Uh, a little bit. I, I'm not going to call myself a Berg expert though. Okay. Okay. Is your Berg, yeah. it's in K1. Is it K1 soft or just straight K1? Just K1. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So we've got a Berg and then you've got three judges and two entropies listed. So, yep. I first off, I love the mold minimalization. Walk me through, are all three of your judges, you have a classic blend, it's looking like, are they all classic blend? Oh, there's a fusion judge in there, I'm seeing. There's fusion judge, yeah. Okay, yep, so, so two of them are classic blends, yep. Yeah, what, what is the function of those judges? Yeah, so uh, the two, um, the, the purple one is my main putter right now, and then the other one's just an offhand to hold. I, I you know, you just kind of get used to holding the other one, so I'm um, just there. And then uh, the Fusion Judge is actually, I, I'm not sure I can get rid of that thing. Like, it, 
it has a nice hyzer flip up to a glide. I mean, I can throw that thing anywhere from 175 to like 250. It just it just keeps going. Um, and it's my my most consistent disc if I have a shorter hole off the tee. So. Okay, I love, I love it. it, dude. That's awesome. So, do you ever use it for approaches, or for approaches, do you find yourself just kind of using the Berg and your entropies? Uh, the Berg is pretty much yeah anything that's a straight shot that I don't have to put any angle on uh, because the Berg's not coming back. You put that thing on on angle, and it's it's gonna it's gonna keep going. Um, so if it's a straight shot or just maybe a little hyzer and hyzer, I can do the Berg. But yeah, pretty much the entropies are my are my um, approach discs, anything from, you know, I'd say 175 to, to 220 is where I, where I use those. Um, okay. And really, they're, they're for redundancy. I have a plasma and a um, cosmic neutron. And, uh, yeah, they're really just, they're, they're duplicates of each other. I probably don't need two, but, you know, I just don't want to lose one out there in case. Yeah. Um, I guess the plasma is no, probably a little more, little more overstable, but, yeah. Okay. Yeah, plasma. Pla- it's their plasma is so intriguing to me because there are so many molds that I like. I will admit, as much as y'all are like, I heard someone make a comment and they were like, "Pretty soon we're gonna have to call it if it's not MVP or, or if it's not gyro, take it out the bag." Uh, you would think that I'm like so like I'm signing a contract with Team MVP soon. No, I I have not still thrown enough MVP that I can say for every mold that like oh plasma does this to that mold because it very much it varies for a lot of those yeah. so that's not surprising to me to hear that it's understable because and at the same time I thought that that was going to be the case for envies I was wrong yeah so yeah, yeah. Uh, looking at those I think I can totally agree with you on the double entropy thing. And I, I hear that in terms of wanting to have like a backup for while you're on the course. I think depending on bag space, the only like recommendation I would give is if you love that Fusion Judge, I would look at getting like a Prime Judge or something like a base plastic judge. Because if you throw that Fusion Judge so well, the only thing that I'm seeing you like sort of missing in there is a like something because the Berg doesn't want to go far like that's the whole point of the berg like it just it's for those approaches so i just when i'm looking at this chart and for those on youtube you can see it in the light you can see it on the screen i just i see that understable uh putter thrower being an option and if you're throwing the judge really well dude i would lean into that and look at like a prime plastic judge or I, i don't know how many backups of your classic blends you have if you have one that like you've just been using it so long to practice with and it's been like beat to junk like that's a great one to kind of cycle in there yeah. as well yeah so definitely got maybe, a few of those lying around yeah so I, I mean that would be my suggestion personally um i know we had talked about last week brad you with uh you were you're a roach guy but you don't like throwing the roach so uh this is like one of those rare circumstances of because like if i told you brad do you have any roaches that just like fit the bill of what i'm talking about like they've been beat to a point oh oh yeah oh yeah so and that's okay because that's what practice putters are all for i personally when i practice putt i don't use the putters that go in my bag i leave those in the bag because i don't want the extra reps on them while i'm trying to like practice putt so 
that's a little tidbit for all of you. But let's jump past, we're gonna jump past the mid-ranges uh, because we're gonna spend a lot of time on the mid-ranges. And so I wanna look at, I kinda actually wanna lump your, kind of all your drivers together, Michael. And when we get to drivers, you are gyro through and through, except for the Draco. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, what does what does the Draco do for you? Yeah. So, well, one Heimberg's my favorite golfer. So, like, I got I feel like I gotta have I gotta rep him in the bag somewhere. Um, so that, that that's one of the reasons. But in, I know that there's there's uh, there's MVP you know ones I could use, but. The Draco is definitely a utility disc, you know, that, that crappy forehand I just talked about that goes 150. If I've got to bend it around a tree to the, you know, to the right and I'm jammed, like that thing's going to the right. Um, and I've got some holes that, uh, you know, I've got, I've got water that's short, but it's really a forehand hole. And that, that's kind of what I use it for. Um, I really, I try, I disc up if I have to make it go left. Um, so I'll disc up to the mm -hmm. photon the heavier photon. Um, yeah. so I don't really use it on backhand a lot. Like I don't, cause it just, it, it dumps for me too hard left. Um, okay. so it's really a forehand only utility shot is what I use that for. Okay. How, how often would you say that you end up having to need that utility shot? Like if you played mm. five rounds in a row at a varying number of courses, how often are you pulling that disc out? Um, maybe twice like it, it's not often now i do play in a league where i i uh, at a course that i use it every time because it's just it's just a shot on the hole um yeah. that i have to make there's there's an early mando and i've got to get right after that quick so i just i do it i've tried to turn over there um but it just that forehand just seems more consistent for me so yeah okay i mean that's that's awesome i i've always have you tried throwing your photon your heavier photon on that same line. And you said when you throw that, it, it actually turns a little bit for you. Uh, the photon like goes left. Um, yeah. Um, the photon I've been working on it, but it's, it, it's, if I throw it on a forehand, it's going to go right out of my hand. Like it, it I, I don't have enough power to, to make it get any kind of turn left out of, out of my forehand. Okay. So. Yeah, I and I'm not I'm not trying to push the Draco out of the bag because I'm a high work fan through and through with you. So I love that, <laughs> and I am yeah. totally here to have that in there. I just I wondered from a, a vantage point of familiarity if you like I, if I were you maybe in an afternoon that league shot that hole that you use it for take your photons out there and see if you can throw that photon on that same line and see if the like if it's just some reps that you need. Uh, and yeah. wonder if that could possibly replace it overall. So that way you're, you're used to throwing the photons on backhand anyways, and just get that comfortability. Once again, that subconscious confidence with that, um, with that driver, yeah. Brad, when you throw, what's your, like, what's your overstable distance driver that you have? Is it Zeus's? Yeah, I really, I just keep those in if I'm in a really weird situation, a kind of a utility shot. Um, if I'm throwing, it, it depends. I have varying weights of Hades and various different plastics. So I have one Hades that's pretty board flat and is pretty, not overstable over per se, but it will get left for me on backhand. So that's kind of, I lean into that disc if I find myself needing, needing something pretty stable. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was just, I was curious, especially because Brad, forehand's not a strength of yours either. And that's okay, because we're learning and it's, and we're all in that place. Hey, yeah. 
but I, I took your advice that when, and sorry to jump off on this, but when I was throwing the forehand uplink, right, something more understable uh, and having that touch, I've uh, started to throw a thrasher forehand and it is understable and it's actually, I'm throwing some wicked forehand. So maybe in a couple episodes I might say, hey, my forehand's not completely trash. It's more like recycling <laughs> or something at this point. So it's, it's, it's a little yeah, useful. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, okay, fantastic. Well, Thrasher's a fantastic gist of forehand. I, I am, I'm here for that. So I, I will be checking in with you, Brad, and Matt. So Michael, thank you for bringing future conversations for us. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Now Absolutely. you have. Okay, so I want to dive in. You've got three volts in your bag. Mm -hmm. Walk me through those volts. What's the difference between the volts? Is one of them a bendy? Yeah. Um. So they're all they're all overstable to some degree. Okay. Um, the, the fission plastic, even though it's at the same weight, definitely is not as overstable. So it flies a little, a little further and a little, uh, straighter. Um, okay. and then they kind of get down. So they get a little more overstable as you get to the, um, the neutron is kind of my, you know, middle of the road and the plasma will definitely go left more than the other two. So, um, but it's just, you know, getting comfortable with those, having three things in there that I can throw at different angles again i throw a lot of hyzer or anheuser mm -hmm. so when i when i throw so you know the sometimes if i if i throw the, the fission volt like on different lines it doesn't want to come back as much because I've, I've overturned it so mm -hmm. whereas the other two if i feel i feel i have to get back like those are ones that are going to come back for me way more so um so that's kind of the that's kind of the, the reason i have three and and they are kind of it, it's nice to have um you know, three of the same molds for hand feel and uh, just the ability to, if I do lose one, it's like I, I still have something in my bag that's not uh, unfamiliar, so. Yeah. So you release on some natural Anheuser. What's the difference between the Insanity and the Virus for you? Because if you release on natural Anheuser, I'm very curious what slot a Virus feels or feels for you, because it's a very understandable <laughs> yeah. risk. They're very understable. So those, I've got to really focus on um, throwing hyzers. Like if I throw those on any kind of Anheuser, they are done, cooked to the right, never coming back history. Um, so the virus for me is actually brand new. Probably three or four weeks ago I picked it up, and it's become probably my number one throwing driver in my bag. Like I, wow. I really get, yeah, I really get a lot of hyzer on it, and it just flips up the flat. And it will, you know, it'll go as far as anything in my bag. Um, so it's it's been a really good disc. Um, I, I threw at a tournament this weekend, and I threw a couple couple of those down tunnels, where it just flipped up and you know landed in a in a ten foot fairway. So I'm like, beautiful. That's all I'm looking for. Um, so yeah, it, it's been. Um, now it does get touchy in the wind. Like there was a couple times I've played in any kind of any kind of tailwind. And that thing does not flip over and it ends up going left because I, I just don't Ooh. put enough, I don't think I put enough on it. So yeah. um, I had a couple of those where it did hit the road because we had, we had more tailwind, I think, than I thought. And I, I could have given it a little more and I didn't. So, but I, I, I love that disc. That's, and that's totally fair. I, I think that beginners often, there isn't a lot of people I think that like to play in heavy amount of wind. Maybe if you're your Ricky Wysocki and you can win the dynamic dis open <laughs> or apparently Brody yeah. is just like a monster in the wind and just crushing yeah. the game. But 
beginners especially understable discs and wind never a good combination and brad can tell you from experience yeah. you add some rain to that it's super fun right brad oh it's a great time so you should try it <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah, the I next mean, time it's windy and, the, and it's raining go for it yeah and the insanity um it's kind of a holdover like i haven't used it a ton but it, it definitely has got a lot of flip on it and it is more uh overstable than the than the virus so I, I it has it has its very niche reasons for being in my bag. I, I don't. I think probably in the last six rounds I've played, I don't know that I've used it once. So, um, so you yeah. that one. I don't know. I don't know why it's there. <laughs> hey, Brad, you can say it. Amen. It's not going to take it out of the bag because it, it, it sounds to me like you want that fission bolt to fill that slot that the insanity is filling where yeah. instead of having to throw a different bolt entirely, and maybe that's the case, and Fission Plastic, I think actually beats in pretty, like for all of the MVP plastics that aren't Electron, I think Fission beats in really fast uh, comparatively to the rest of them. So I, I think that you're on the right track there, and I love that. Uh, it sounds like you are, and even, okay, we didn't even talk about these, do your Craves fill that spot as well? Like where the Insanity, should be going um sort of the craves are a little bit shorter for me so they yeah. they feel you know the the virus and the and the insanity go a little like further um whereas the the craves they have a lot more glide like i feel comfortable throwing those at like 70 percent or 65 percent and mm. feeling i can still turn them over and and get again i have to throw those on an, or on hyzer or else they'll be cooked to the right um, so I throw them at 70% and just, you know, they're, they're a much more controlled throw than my, than the other ones. Okay. So that's, that's kind of the, what, where those slot in. And I, I haven't used the fission crave a ton. I've got to get some field work with it to understand what it's going to do. Cause it's super light. Yeah. Um, and they're new, which is fantastic. And they're new. Yeah. Okay. So the overall vibe when we, before we dive into your mids that I'm getting and Brad, you tell me if you see this, disagree with this because I, 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 we need your, we need your help here. I'm gathering Michael that you're, it feels like you're not releasing a ton of discs flat. Like you either have overstable stuff that you're having to release Anheuser or you have understable stuff that you were having to release on Heiser. So there we go. It's yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said it would. Yeah, it's finished. Um, so, <laughs> is that like does that seem right, Brad? Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what it seems like to me. You know, and coming from someone, I I typically release a little more on Heiser. I know definitely trying out all these different discs from each of these angles, it's made me way more conscientious of how I'm throwing it to make sure I'm getting more of a flat release to get these discs to fly how they're supposed to. So yeah, the, the only way. Your, the only way. Yeah, go ahead. I say the only the only disc that I, I I think that I throw flat and I without really trying is the Berg, like that disc. I, again, I think it maybe it's conscious. Like I have I know I have to throw a flat or it's going somewhere I don't want it to. Mm. And it's a it's a much softer throw usually. Okay. Sorry. Well, this might be I'm that makes me very excited for where we're heading with this. So you got three mid ranges in the bag, and we talked about it in a previous episode, especially when you're throwing 270, 280 in that range, 
mid ranges can almost feel like they're in a weird spot because it's why would I, I can either throw my judge this distance or I might as well step up to a grave or a vault or something like that. So like, why do I have these mid ranges fill my bag? But I love that you mentioned, hey, I throw it like 60, 70% power because mid ranges fill that slot in a, an amazing way. And you have three mid ranges, you have two reactors and a paradox. Both of your reactors are in fission plastic. What's the difference between those two reactors? So one's uh, super light, and it'll flip over more for me. Um, if I want to, if I want to throw a more straight shot, um, I definitely use the uh, the heavier one. Um, the the problem I run into with those is, um, I, again, it's, I think it's the angle control. Like, I either feel like I'm if I put it on any kind of Anheuser, like they they don't they just cook to the right. Um, I, I can flip up the the lighter one a lot easier. I feel, um, yeah, it's just I don't know. They're in a weird spot. I, I I would say in the last I would say in the last five or six rounds, I've used them three or four times. Like they just now when I am using them and I, I do a lot of field work with them, like they I can throw both of those two fifty to two sixty. Like I can, I can really pump them out there. Like, but I've got to, I've got to get in the groove with them. Like, I, I, I throwing them mm -hmm. cold, I'm just not as good with or comfortable with as the other ones. Yeah, so. and because you have that practice with the Heiser angle or the virus, I'm guessing the paradox is probably your most used mid. Um, it, it, it's again mids, mids don't come out a ton in my bag, so uh, the paradox again, it, it's 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 kind of like the Draco. It's like if I've got to get right. And I've got to do, you know, and have it go 200 to 220. The paradox is coming out. I'm putting it on, you know, some um, some hyzer, flipping it up, and it's just the thing never wants to come back left. Like that that disc will never come back left unless you throw it so light that it's not going anywhere. So, um, yeah. So that's that's kind of what that that's for. And there's been there's plenty of places that I I've used that. Okay. Awesome. Well, if we look at the chart, it's very similar to that judge that we were talking about earlier. There's a big, huge gap that you can see between the reactor and the paradox if we're looking at your Midas bag chart. Um, and that is the slot that we want to lean into. And the reason that I had Brad try this disc is because I believe that this disc gets the worst sell by disc golfers above all else, even more than oh the boy. destroyer, more than the, the Luna being a four, four, three, four, oh, three. Like someone tries to say the Luna is like super overstable. Wrong. People say the destroyer is a good distance driver for everybody. Wrong. This disc gets so poorly portrayed to the public because everyone looks at it and they're like, this is Innova's understable disc. And so people lean into it, they throw it, and they're like, wow, this disc is garbage. So I had Brad try this because I believe that it is the perfect neutral disc that will teach you angle control and release in a way that no other disc can do. And it sounds like that is the, the disc for you right now, Michael, because you, if you release it on Heiser, it rides Heiser. Anheuser, Anheuser, like it's, it's gonna be really good. So I'm not gonna spoil too much. Brad, tell us what disc we tried. All right, so today Robbie had me try not two different molds, but the same mold in different plastics. Uh, so this is the uh, Mako 3, I tried it in Champ and in Star. Um, so this is gonna be my honest feedback here as I usually do, and 
Uh, I talk about a lot di uh, about disc feel. Like that's extremely important to me. I'm sure it is to most people. But uh, honestly, just feeling both of these discs, I don't love how they feel. I'll just be 100% honest at the, right out the gate. Um, doesn't mean I don't like how they fly. We'll get into that later. Just means I didn't love how they felt. I think the only reason I don't like, and I do like the Champion plastic a little bit better um, as far as feel, but I think the reason that I don't like it, and maybe just an uh, unfamiliar, uh, like maybe just an unfamiliar feel for me, uh, I don't know if I want to fan grip this thing or if I want to power grip it. It's just like this weird in-between space for me. So I didn't feel like I had a lot of confidence at first. Um, I haven't thrown this disc ever until today, so there's a lack of confidence there, but also just I just could never, I never felt like my hand was like perfectly comfortable with it. Um, I did get a little bit more comfortable at the end and kind of had a little bit of a revelation about Anheuser Angle, which if you've listened to the other podcasts, you know, uh, is not a great spot in my game. So uh, feel at the beginning, it's okay. If I was giving it an out of 10, five out of 10, it's not horrible, but it's not super comfortable for me. So I, I'm doing Robbie really, uh, I'm, given his credibility um, a, a glaring review right now because so far I'm like, eh, it's okay. Uh, okay, but here, here's the thing. Let's talk about how we threw it because that I kind of got past this as I threw it a little bit, and I understand why Robbie was... Um, so I, I looked at the, the flight numbers, so they're 5500. So um, to me, I'm like, okay, well, this thing should be like dead straight then, right? But you know, just from throwing other discs, I'm like, well, it's probably going to be flippy. I've heard about the Mako 3. It's flippy. So I threw it. Well, what I found out very quickly, so let's go to flat backhand, flat backhand first. Uh, to Robbie's point, this made me very, very conscious of the angle I was releasing it on. If I gave it a little too much Anheuser, that's where the disc is going. If I gave it a little too much Heiser, that's where the disc is going. Uh, mainly, this is kind of, I think, like a, almost a point and shoot. Like the angle I'm giving this thing is where it wanted to go. I will say the, say the star plastic was a little bit more understable, but I'm not saying this disc is understable. Uh, it just tended, if I hit the Anheuser a little too hard when I'm trying to hit straight, it would con probably continue to the right a, a little bit. Uh, now, whereas the uh, champion would maybe start to turn and then come back to the middle. But pretty much whatever angle I gave this thing on backhand, it just, it took. Um, and consistently 250 feet every single time. Um, this was all about 70 to 80 percent power most of those throws and i did eventually get to the power grip on uh, and throw them every time i tried the fan grip i didn't really feel like it gave it the spin that it needed to get the glide that i know it should have uh so after i was power gripping it 70 to 80 percent power 250 feet every time whatever line i gave it that's pretty much the line that it took uh so now i did try it on 100 percent power as i robbie usually has me do okay it burned over for me every time I, you can't throw this yeah. thing hard it's just not going to work. Um, I did like the flight, though. I mean, I think I said this at the beginning, but um, point and shoot, it's not really something I have in my bag. Now, my beat-in buzz, I have that, but you know, that's, that thing's had almost two years of wear and tear on it. I know I'm not going to grab a buzz off the shelf and do the same thing. So very interesting there. Heiser release backhand. Um, obviously, I could get these to flip up pretty easy with like minimal effort, 60 to 75%. Power, I could get these to flip up and ride. Um, the Champion Plastic could handle a little bit more torque, so I feel like I could put a little bit more on it and exaggerate that angle and really put the torque on to flip it up. Uh, so I did end up getting a, like maybe 15, 20 more feet every time on the Champion Plastic. The star was a little bit more finicky on the angle, coming back to that. Whatever angle you, you give this, 
even if you're flipping it up, that's what trajectory it's going to take out of your hand. Mm. So, uh, but both really finished pretty laser beam straight and sat down. That's really what uh, happened for me on Heiser release uh, and Heiser release. So previous episode, I tried some on Anheuser release, not my strongest part of my game. Um, but what I will say is like throwing these uh, Mako 3s with Anheuser um, kind of made me have a revelation. And again, this is not like this groundbreaking thing. It's just something that I finally had to realize myself is the thing I'm missing on my Anheuser release is I've got to give these things some air time because I got to give them time to get back to the ground and do what they're supposed to do. So uh, and then nose angle was extremely important, right? The amount of air time, the amount of like height I gave these discs on Anheuser was very important. Because uh, if I'm being honest, the first couple Anheuser throws I threw at both of them were trash. They were not good. They were they were gross. I mean, they only went 150 feet because I'm not giving them the appropriate amount of height. Um, what I will say is like the the champion was specifically and again, Robbie and I talked about this maybe a little bit before we jumped on here and recorded. But the champion to me, like I like Z plastic and Discraft. So it was com more comfortable to me than maybe the star. Um, so I think it gave me a little bit more confidence than I realized, and that's probably why I threw it better. Um, but both of these on Anheuser, I mean, 250, 260, there's a consistent theme on distance here. That seems like this disc max range to me. And if I gave it that right height and I gave it the right angle, uh, it gave me a nice panning uh, turn every time um, and just kind of sat flat nicely on the ground. That is not a shot I have in my bag. That's the shot I always wanted my meteor to be, that I could never get it to do. And I don't know why. It may have been the plastic. It may have been how I was throwing at the time, or I'm not sure. But uh, both these discs really gave me a nice turn. Again, I don't have a great forehand either, either Michael. This, If I had this shot, I can think of probably 10 holes right now in my local courses. I'm like, man, should I bag a Mako 3? And here's the thing. I'm not going to because it doesn't have a spot in my bag right now. I'm not going to be that guy anymore. But... I think for someone like you, Michael, who has that clear gap that you really need something to fit in there, um, I think this is a great disc for you. And coming back to your, you know, your type of release, and you, you don't want to do something completely 100% power every time. I think this is a great disc for you. Um, it's going to teach you angle control and get you more consistent with your angles without being super punishing. You know, it's not going to super burn on you, but it is going to let you know, hey, you put me on the wrong Anheuser angle. Hey, you gave me a Heiser release. You're going to know when you throw these discs. So right, that's, right. that's my experience. Um, uh, Robbie, I'll give it back to you. Yeah. So have you thrown a Mako 3 before, Michael? Uh, no, I have not, actually. Um, I, have, uh, I have some buzzes. Um, I had a hex until I lost it, which is, kind of, I guess, kind of similar. But no, Mako 3s I've never, I've never thrown. Yeah. And I, I will tell you that they're like, this is coming from a man who was on Team Innova. And I had team in of a members tell me, oh yeah, dude, make it because I was like, all right, what's like the understable mid range? Because I was coming from bounties with dynamic discs. And I was like, I I need an understable mid range. And everybody was like, oh yeah, it's the Mako 3, dude. You need the Mako 3. And I just kept telling, you're crazy. Like that is not what this disc is. And yes, you right. can get it to flip up, like Brad said. Yes, if it hits that anhyzer, it'll hold it. But it's just such a phenomenal teaching disc. And like, like Brad said, you don't have to throw it hard for it to go far. Uh, I'd be willing to bet that you will, you're gonna find it, it really does fit this middle ground of the, like between the reactor and the paradox. That's our hope, at least for you. So yeah. my question to you, Michael, is have you thrown in of a plastic before? And do you have a preference between star plastic and champion plastic? 
Um, I, I do. I mean, I, I've got a, I've got a bunch. I, I I become sort of a little bit of an MVP fanboy, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, um, no, it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I prefer uh, Star Plastic. I have uh, I have a Star T Bird that you know I love still. Um, just not in the bag right now. So yeah, Star Star is better for me. I, I found Champ. I don't know, too stiff or gummy or I don't know what the. Yeah. I just don't don't like it as much. Yeah, and that's that is part of why I had Brad try this in the same mold in two different plastics is because yes, I do think that the plastic type affects a little bit. Brad definitely nailed the truth on like Champ is a little more torque resistant, which yeah. I completely agree with. Uh, but I told Brad before, like before we had you on, Michael. I I am shocked that Brad uh, prefers the Champion plastic because most people I come across are in the Star Plastic world. So I like I'm I'm very excited for that. Uh, but what we want to do is we want to send you this Star Mako Three for oh, you to back. Wow. And would you be willing to come throw it for a little while? And I know it's not gyro, but if you want, you can just take like a sharpie. And draw like a little black <laughs> rim on the draw, edge, yeah. and then just like believe in your heart of hearts that it is gyro, right? So yeah, uh, hey, we could even see if Silas is doing spin dies, uh, and if, when Silas gets on spin dies with plastic addict, we'll just we'll have him gyro up some discs. It'll be great. Uh, but yeah, so if you're willing to come back on, we would love to have you try this out and let us know what it does for you, Michael. Uh, sound like something you're good with? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm always willing to try some new stuff. You know, get better and. See where I can go. Come on. Well, hey, well, what we'll do is we'll follow up with you, get that get that information from you, and we'll have you back on a couple weeks after you get this disc and uh, see how it went for you. And, Michael, I just want to say we appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming on, and thank you for being on the In the Bag podcast. People, people keep saying that we're bringing people under roast. That's everyone's like, hey, I want to get my bag roasted. Do you feel like we roasted <laughs> your bag, Michael? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. You didn't even mentioned the drivers. So, man, I was expecting the wave to have, you know, it's like, oh, I guess I'm good then. No, it was good. Uh, this has been, um, it's been really helpful. You know, I guess, you know, I, I have my, uh, it's kind of like I have those classic blend judges just sitting there and, and I do like once in a while, I'll just, I'll just throw them out here. Like, but I don't ever bag them. So, you know, just thinking, Hey, can I bag one of those and can it fill a slot that I don't currently have? Um, and then um, you know this has been good with the Mako that I Mako three I've never would have never would have thought about putting that in my bag so yeah it's been very helpful and no roasting no roasting okay awesome awesome we'll save that for the chestnuts in the open fire so fantastic well, Michael <laughs> thank you seriously for coming on Brad thank you for continuing to go out and letting me destroy your confidence with trying to throw Anheuser angles uh, don't worry we're gonna fix it soon hey it'll come together I'm sure Michael thank you very much man we appreciate you. Another week, another guest, and another opportunity, Brad, another for one. me to make you realize that Anheuser shots are the future, and man, what a time. I know, man. I, I'm getting there. Hey, the good thing is I'm, I'm being forced to practice all these every week, and that's the only way I'm going to get better, so I, I'm grateful for it. It's a painful process, but like I said, we are learning. I am putting some different stuff in my bag, rearranging some stuff, and uh, thinking about the game even differently, so... It's all because of this podcast, so I'm still grateful, even though it can be frustrating sometimes. Hey, and I, what I like is we're improving your game, we're improving the guest game, we're improving people who are listening. And I'll be real, as a coach, it's improving my game as well because it's truly making me think about, okay, when I'm walking people through like shots and all things like that, like what am I actually getting them equipped for? So I'm just, I'm excited to see your progression, Brad, even when we get to, you know, 
way down the line. It's episode 52, and we're like, oh, yeah, Brad, like, how far are you from this mid-range? You're like, oh, yeah, you know, I throw like 400 now. That's what I do. That's what I be. Uh, so I hope that we all grow together in that. And just super grateful for you, man. But speaking of growth, what's new in the warehouse? All right. So by the time this comes out on Friday, we'll have had our DD3 drop. And sorry to say, spoilers, it sold out like within the first... 10 minutes so sorry everybody we will get some more in soon so keep an update there we'll probably have had our disc mania restock i think it's coming in on thursday so we'll have some more selection there restock on fds which we are out of currently um Lizotte stamp uh mutant and splice came out so there may be still a few of those left uh dynamic uh, trilogy we've got the Saki bomb first run slammer is coming out so Hopefully you caught one of those before this episode or during this episode. Uh, let's see, the B-Dynamic uh, uh, discs are in, the Tour Stamp discs are in, uh, the, I believe it's, correct if I'm wrong, Crystal Plastic? Crystal Lucid? Ice? Ice, I'm sorry, that's what it is. Ice Lucid Plastic is coming out for some of the Ricky discs, so we'll have those. So, uh, cool Trilogy stuff coming out. Um, we got some Disc Mania, so a lot of good stuff, Robbie. Dude, that is awesome. That is awesome. I, I know personally, first off, or the orange first round slammers look so good. Uh, oh, so good. They're tasty. The, the teal one has my eye, so I, mm. I'm not going to put it in the bag because I don't need it in the bag, but I might just have one for the shelf or for the wall. Yeah. It's, it's like the half in your workstation kind of disc so yeah. that you can like, oh, I just need to touch a disc right now. All right, cool. Spin, yeah. spin, spin. We're good to go. Exactly. Exactly. That is awesome. Well, hey, we have one disc that we need to give away to our amazing audience. So we have this champion, Mako 3. And here is what we want you to do. First off, love that you guys are participating and humoring us by making those comments extra funny to read. We very much appreciate it. You guys are rock stars. But here's what we're looking for this week. I like to laugh. Brad likes to laugh. Yes, I do. The summer's here, you know. Brad, kids are out for the summer. Here we mm -hmm. go. Uh, I am, my wife is a children's librarian, like we talked about earlier on. So she gets more busy during the summer because kids are out for the summer. So I've got time on my hand. You've got some time to spend with kids. What is a TV show that we need to watch? Let us know in the comments below. Families gathering around. What's the TV show that we're putting on? Let us know, we'll pick a winner, and give us a reason why we should watch that show. Not just like The Office, done. Like, come on guys, of course. Make, it, make it interesting. Yeah. Right. So, looking forward to reading those comments and getting the Mecca 3 in y'all's hands and be looking for it because I go back through and I let people know, hey, you won. So be sure to be sure to pay attention to your notifications, y'all. Uh, so it's a good time. Brad, grateful for you. Grateful for another episode in the bag, man. Of course, yeah. Hey, you know what they say, if it's good, keep it in the bag. We'll see you guys next time. See ya.